You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Live Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. My goodness is nothing apart from you, is the title of this devotion. That was a statement that King David made in Psalm 16. Now, Psalm 16 is called the Golden Psalm. Uh, I, I could not think of that psalm to be that much more precious than any of the others because I mean, Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd. Or Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. And I could go on and on and on, all these amazing Psalms of David. I mean, Luther, he believed that Psalm 119 was written by David, which I also agree with. Or he also, Luther also said that Psalm 110 was the chief of all the Psalms. Of course, that talks about Jesus' high priestly ministry at the Father's right hand. You know, Aaron's ministry represented his earthly ministry, but Melchizedek represents his heavenly ministry. And you can learn about that in the book of Hebrews, which is really, I think, phenomenal. But today, I want to talk about goodness. My goodness is nothing apart from you, is the title of this devotion. Goodness is some of the greatest attributes of the divinity of God. And let me just read you here first this Psalm 16, the first two verses, even though the whole Psalm is so powerful. It's only 11 verses, but it's so powerful. Psalm 16, verse 1 and 2. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have set to the Lord, you are my Lord, my goodness is nothing apart from you. The title of this devotion, my goodness is nothing apart from you. In the New English translation, it it gives you another view of the same thing because the, the, the writing has several English words to describe what it is saying in the original text. So the New English gives you another little thought, and it says, "My," he says, all the good things I have come from you. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. All the good things I have come from you. I have no goodness apart from you. Let me see how the classic Amplified says that verse verse 2 of Psalm 16, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, I have no good beside or beyond you. So I think the point is clear. My goodness is nothing apart from you. You see, it is a need within the human nature to somehow feel that you're good. Even bad people somehow find a way to feel their good because it is the divinity. It is our origination. God made man in his image and God is 
good. One of the most beautiful examples of what we're talking about today can be found in Moses when he came out of Egypt by the mighty hand of God and was with the Lord on the mountain where the Lord had said, I will show you that I've sent you in that you will worship me on this mountain. And that in itself is quite a beautiful thought to meditate on when he in Exodus 6 is at the burning bush and goes through the whole trial of his faith that God is sending him, but that he doesn't feel capable or able. And the Lord says, I'm with you and I'll show you that I'm with you in that you'll worship me in this place. In other words, I'll bring you back. He gave him a vision of the future, in other words. That is what Jesus is saying to you and me. I've prepared a place for you so that where I am, you will be also. He gives you a vision to be able to go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because you know the Lord's got a place prepared for you. And here Moses is back after the great exodus and he is just worshiping God and the beauty of his holiness and God shares with him that the, uh, the degradation of the people worshiping the golden calf and he's interceding in the presence of the Lord with his goodness to remember his promise to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and not to destroy his people and the Lord. And you know, and the Lord shows him his presence and gives him rest in his innermost being and then Moses says this to the Lord in Exodus chapter 33. Oh, how I love all these thoughts. You read this whole chapter 33, people, and you will have the Lord draw you up. It's chapter 32 we start. And then we're in chapter 33. Okay, yeah. I'll read you from verse 13. It's just so beautiful. Now, Lord, I pray. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And the Lord said to him, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. He said to him, if your presence does not go with us, Lord, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for. You have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Now, here we go. And he said, Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. So here's Moses in this place of incredible grace in perceiving and knowing the Lord, in the rest of his loving presence manifesting in him, with him. He feels so caught up in the Holy of Holies, in the heavenly sanctuary with God. And he says, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. I can feel, I perceive, I recognize your presence with my senses, but show me, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I will make my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. 
I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Very powerful statements you study also in Romans 9. And he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord says, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So the Lord in chapter 34 verse 5 descended in the cloud and stood with him there, stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy and so forth for thousands. Here Moses is becoming radiant with the glory of the Lord shining from his face. Where will we see God? In us, because we're his body, we're the temple of his spirit. He who is invisible becomes visible in us because he's predestined us to bear his image. And here the glory of the Lord is revealing and it's all so beautiful how the Holy Spirit perfectly orchestrates all this to proclaim the mysteries of Jesus being the rock in whom we are hidden before God, as it says in Colossians 3 verse 4, I'm hidden in God with Christ, who is my life. And it's all so powerful, the revelation God gives here in so many ways that I can't go into right now. But what I want you to see is that Moses, when he said, show me your glory, the Lord says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And you could see the goodness of God in His mercy, His grace, His long-suffering, that slow to anger, and His abounding goodness and truth, the five attributes of His divine nature that He unveiled to Moses, by which Moses' face became radiant with God's goodness, friends. This is the wonder of what God is wanting you and I to wake up to. You see, it says in Proverbs 14, verse 14, a good man is satisfied from above. You know, it talks in James chapter 3, verse 18, about the wisdom that comes from above. And while I studied this many, many years ago, this paraphrase came to my heart, and it may have come by just praying and reading Matthew Henry and different translations that this paraphrase came into my heart. It just came into my prayer life. The wisdom, this is the statement coming from James 3.18 that the Holy Spirit printed inside of my heart. The wisdom, the ability to perceive no God, the wisdom that comes from above is the continual flow of His goodness from our hearts. And if you are good and don't boast about it, then you are truly wise. In other words, that that is the natural disposition 
of our nature, that we have the privilege to be the body, the carriers, the channels of the goodness of God. In Zechariah chapter 4, it talks about the two sons of oil, um, Joshua the high priest and Zerubbabel the governor. And it talks about them because it's an example of the two witnesses we read about in the book of Revelations who will restore again the, the re realization to the world that God is true and that he is alive and on, in control. But anyway, Joshua and, and, and Zerubbabel were the two anointed ones by which the Lord was restoring his people back to the land of promise. In, in after the 70 years in Babylon. And the picture by which the prophet was given the revelation of how the anointing, the manifestation of the spirit works in human flesh is that he saw the menorah and he saw two olive trees giving their oil into that menorah. The menorah is a sevenfold flame of God's spirit that you see in the holy place leading us into the Holy of Holies. And the oil was supplied by these two olive trees. And these two olive trees were providing the oil that would provide the light, the flames to keep burning, the light to keep manifesting. And Zechariah the prophet was trying to understand what the Lord was showing by the Holy Spirit, that it was not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit, He was going to bring restoration. And the Lord showed him these olive trees and the oil and the golden pipes through which the golden oil flowed unhindered. And the Lord was trying to give him a natural picture of what is essential spiritual for you and me to shine the light of God's goodness, to bear the witness of God's goodness that there is goodness in us that isn't of human nature, that there is goodness in us that not only nourishes our need of feeling good, but makes us a channel. And that the channel has to be golden, it has to be divine, it has to be spiritually alive, and the oil has to be unobstructed. There cannot be the constant arguing of self-will and self-indulgence and worldly defilements that corrupt the channel. The channel has to be undefiled and uncorrupted so that the oil can flow unhindered to keep that light flowing. And this is what I feel so strong to impress upon your heart today. We have no goodness apart from you, Lord. We cannot muster up the light of your goodness. We cannot have some kind of gentle voice or elegant speech or impressive knowledge and understanding or some really skillful use of the different scriptures to try to capture, capture the imaginations of the hungry and thirsty for the living God. 
We need something much more divine than anything we could muster, anything we could achieve. We need that holy manifestation by which God drew the hearts from the, of the people of God away from the golden calf back to the Lord who was beckoning them away from falsehood to reality, from deception to truth, from worldly deceiving pleasures to the reality of a heavenly, holy, wonderful, wonderful life. And you know, when I go to scriptures like Psalm 27, which has 14 heavenly verses, oh, Psalm 24, 27, the Lord is my light, it starts. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse one. And he goes through this beautiful prayer that is so anointed that I would encourage you to just study. But then he gets to verse uh, 13. I would have lost heart unless I'd believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. You see, friends, the heart cannot endure the want of goodness. It just grows ill. It grows depressed. It grows so depressed and so empty of the zeal for living that, that you become almost mad, mad with, with the feeling of barrenness. And, and, and we need goodness and mercy to follow us like David says in Psalm 23 verse 8 we need it we need to have those oh that okay hallelujah oh my goodness I thought I thought it was all over for me I thought I'll never recover I thought I'll never survive but oh my hallelujah I feel the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living I, I again see that that divine sparkle of His divine presence giving me hope that things are going to turn for good, that He will show Himself strong, that my heart is not weary in well-doing because I will reap if I faint not to see God's goodness. And you see, David says, I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Therefore, he says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Yes, wait on the Lord. Wait. Wait, you will see His goodness. You will. Oh, we used to sing it. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. And then surely goodness, you sing it again, just a little chorus like that. Oh, God is good. Yes, God is good. Yes, God is good. He's so good to me. Oh, we would sing these songs when I was a little boy in church. And we could just not stop singing about the goodness of the Lord. And friends, this is revival for the human soul to know that God is good. I'll I, I take you to Psalm 40, which is a psalm oh, that I love, one of David's psalms. I waited patiently for the Lord. 
and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon the rock and established my step. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. And David just it has this incredible psalm here. And let me take you to the Amplified for the verse 6 and onwards. Sacrifice and offering. This is also in the book of Hebrews. You do not desire, nor have you delight in them. This is chapter 10 of Hebrews. You have given me the capacity to hear and obey your law. A more valuable service than burned offerings and sin offerings which you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I've come in the volume of the book that's written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Yes, your law is within my heart. David said this, this, this. He had this internal hungering that God works in you and me through Jesus Christ that we cannot live anymore without seeing his goodness, guiding, upholding, instructing, reviving, restoring, and renewing us inwardly. You know, I'll read you two little verses in closing. One is from Psalm 71, starting at verse 20, where David says, you who have shown me great and severe troubles, shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Also with the lute, I will praise you and your faithfulness, O my God. To you, I will sing with the harp, O Holy One of Israel. My my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you and my soul, which you have redeemed, my tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all day long and so forth. David had this pretensity, this inward, this inward poignant, insistent on knowing God is good. No, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. God is good. Oh yes, God is good. Yes, God is good. Yes, God is good. He's so good to me. Friends, you've got to have this. Corrie ten Boom was a precious saint of God who's in heaven with her sister Betsy. But they, because they had hidden Jews above the clock shop in the city my mother was born in, in Harlem in the Netherlands, and the Nazis caught them and they were taken to one of the horrible concentration camps. And in the concentration camps, in a, in a barracks that was big enough for just a hundred, they were there with 400 women all stacked up together there in this horrible place. And Betsy and, and Corey would just have Bible study times with all the inmates there, all these women, and prayer times. And then, Betsy was starting to pray and thank the Lord for all the flea infestation. And Corey said to her, Honey, 
I think you're getting a bit over spiritual now. I think you're taking this too far to pray with all of us, thanking God for these horrible itchy fleas. However, what Corey did not know is that the Nazis refused to go into that barrack because of the flea infestation. And it was the fleas keeping the Nazis out so that they could have times of prayer and worship. You see, friends, there is a part of God's nature that enables you to worship Him when you're going through some of the most roughest, toughest, painful, hardest times in your life. You see, the goodness of the Lord gives you hope when there's no more hope. The goodness of the Lord makes you positive when there's nothing to reach for. The goodness of the Lord makes you bless Him at all times and let His praise continuously be upon your lips and makes your soul boast in Him and the humble hear of it and be glad. It's kind of like Acts chapter 19 where Paul and Silas were imprisoned or is it chapter 16 of the book of Acts? And they're imprisoned and they're bleeding because they've been beaten and so hard. They were bleeding. They were in the lowest part of the prison in stocks and chains and chains everywhere. And they were singing hymns and worshiping God. You see the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord. Oh, friends, know that the Lord is good and that his mercies endure forever. So let me close with David's beautiful Psalm 4. Oh, I love this whole Psalm, but I just do verse 5 through 8. Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. In other words, just bless the Lord. You could complain and say, oh me, oh my, or you could say, oh hallelujah, praise his merciful name. Put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the seasons that their grain and wine increased. I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Many say, oh, I don't don't see anything good happening. Come on, let's not be one of them. Let's say something good is about to happen. Something good is in store. Oh, come on. Something good is about to happen. Something good is in store. We're together again, praising the Lord. (laughs) This must be the singing psalm of all, singing devotion of all the devotions. Oh, I so appreciate you join me in these devotions. And let's just be happy and bless the Lord because He's good. Amen? Have a good day.